Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're so glad you've found us and we hope that you'll feel free to share these reflections with those that you know and love. Let's take a moment now to prepare our hearts and minds to listen to God's spirit. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 9 through 17. Hear the word of God. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. And when the disciples saw this, they said to his, when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, oh, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, oh, the wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? Oh, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak, and a worse tear is made. Oh, neither is new wine put into old wineskins, otherwise the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bruce Thielman, the great Presbyterian preacher of last century, used to tell the story of being in the New York subway and noticing on some walls some graffiti, and the graffiti, written most definitely by a child, said, I like girls except that girls was misspelled. It said grills. I like grills, G-R-I-L-S. So in the great New York spirit, someone had come along and written below, it's girls, stupid. I like girls. And then below that, someone had come along and written this. But what about us grills? What about us grills? It's an interesting question. It's, it's an interesting question if we can imagine that a grill is someone not really accounted for or someone really different or someone that no one would imagine loving or someone who's in, you know, way over on the edges of the margin. I mean, we all grew up with someone like that in our neighborhood or school, someone who just didn't fit in. I, I remember a kid named Andy, who I grew up with. Andy was a little bigger than the rest of us, a bit overweight, not incredibly smart, not very coordinated. And he just didn't quite fit in. He was a grill. And I remember one day when we were at the elementary playground over the weekend and at the baseball diamond, and we were picking up teams to play a little, to play a little, a little baseball when our two captains were picking from the rest of us up, they're picking up teams and Andy was there. And well, we knew that Andy would be picked last because Andy was always picked last, but, but something worse happened that day. When it got to the end of picking, when it got to Andy, 
the two captains broke out into an argument over who had to have Andy, who was going to be saddled with Andy. Well, neither captain wanted him, and it was clear as day. You take him. No, you take him. No, I don't want him. You take him. It was awful. It was awful to the point in the middle of the argument that a kid named Mike, arguably one of the better players of, on the field, piped up and said, hey, Andy, how about you and I get out of here? And he grabbed Andy by the shoulder and took him over to his bike, sat him on the back of his banana seat, and rode away with Andy. Later, we learned that he took him to his home. Mike took him to his own home to have lunch. What about us grills? Years ago, I had a woman come in to see me for an issue she was struggling with, and we got to talking over lots of things over many sessions, including her job. She was a checkout cashier in the local grocery store, and at one point, she said something that's really never left me. She said, you know, you'd be amazed at what people do when they come through the checkout line. You'd be amazed at how they behave, and you'd be amazed at how few of them look at me. Uh, most people will not make eye contact with me when they're coming through the line. They will not regard me as if I'm not there. And then she said, and you'd be surprised, Reverend, how many of them are in your congregation? What about us grills? In Matthew's story, he tells us a story about Matthew. And some assume that the author is including himself in the gospel, but we can't say that for sure. But what we do know is that Matthew is a tax collector, and in first century Palestinian Judaism, there could not be more of a grill than a tax collector. This is the guy who sold his soul to the occupying enemy of Rome. This is the guy who's in cahoots with the bad guys. He has a list of a thousand reasons why people would not like him. A list, obviously, that Jesus looks past on his approach to Matthew to invite him to follow him on his journey to teach and preach the good news. And Matthew jumps at the chance and follows Jesus. Matthew's a grill, but the kingdom of heaven, as we learn, is for grills. And so to remove any doubt, Jesus sits then down with a, a whole dinner table full of grills, tax collectors, and sinners, Matthew says. And that's when the gatekeepers, the wall keepers, the arbiters of right and wrong, get all huffy and remind Jesus that these folks have no place inside the kingdom. They need to stay out. Why? Because they're different. They don't have perfect scores in their tests, and they are a little strange, and they just don't fit in. And it's because they're grills. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven has no walls. Everyone is welcome. The people you least want there are the ones most welcome in the kingdom. No walls. Welcome grills. Which makes me think of the first line of Robert Frost's great poem, Mending Wall, when he writes, something there is that doesn't love a wall. It's a poem that tells the story of two neighbors who meet every spring at the wall that divides their property. It's a stone wall that every winter loses some of its stones, which fall to one side or the other, creating gaps in the walls. And one spring day each year, the two neighbors meet to put the stones back in place and to keep the wall erect and, and complete. And as they go about their annual ritual of mending the wall, Frost wonders with his neighbor 
if there's any point to reconstructing this wall since the wall was originally there to keep cattle from roaming back and forth from one property to the next. But neither has cattle anymore, so why a wall? All they have is orchards, and there's no risk of the fruit wandering from one field to the next. Why must we keep rebuilding this wall? And his neighbor's response is the now timeless phrase, good fences make good neighbors. And then Frost's response is this. Before I built a wall, I'd ask to know what I was walling in or walling out, and to whom I was like to give offense. Something there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. There's something about all of us that wants to build a wall. We like the idea of haves and have-nots, especially when we're the haves. It makes us think better of ourselves than we ought to think, I suspect. There's something about all of us that wants to build a wall, to fence out. And there's something about Jesus that wants the wall down, the fence down. Why? Well, because it means the grills can come in. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, give us your grace to wonder as to whether or not we're building or tearing down walls. Help us to examine our own hearts as to who we are willing to let in and who we're trying to keep out. We thank you, O oh God, that Jesus is comfortable at a table full of grills. And maybe there's a little bit of grill in each of us. And so we ask that you will remind us how welcome we are for him and how welcome others could be for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.